Okay, well, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Jeremy Walker, and uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, our organization has been uh, friends of Calcedon for a very long time, and so I'm very honored to be here and to speak to all of you. Well, I'd like to, to just start by, as we're discussing who I am, I'm married, my wife's name is Abigail, and we have 11 children, and we have one on the way, and uh, so 12 children very soon. And uh, I'm a manager of a preschool, a Christian preschool here in Southwest Florida, in the uh, Bonita Springs, Naples area. Now, I'm also not only just the manager of one of our locations, uh, but I'm also the regional supervisor for all nine locations. So we have nine Grace Community School locations here uh, in Southwest Florida. Uh, we have in my school alone, uh, each and every day, about 200 students per day in our facility, anywhere between the ages of six weeks old all the way up through the age of 12, um, after school programs and summer camps and things like that. Our schools as a whole, we have nine locations here in Southwest Florida between uh, 1,800 students to 2,000 students uh, per day in our locations. And also about me as well is that uh, the operations manual, we have an operations manual for how to run schools and in particular Christian preschools. And I'll get to discussing that in a little bit as well. I was the author of our operations manual, which breaks down how to run a school. So it's not really theoretical. It's all the stuff that you have to know in order to run a school. And I'll get to that in a minute. But we also created the College Can Begin at Two preschool curriculum. So it goes from the ages of roughly two years old up through about kindergarten. And we'll discuss that as well later. We also have a Grace Community School reading program, which teaches phonics. It's a phonics-based program. If you're familiar with Sam Blumenfeld at all, which I'm guessing people with Calcedon uh, would be familiar with him and his work, you'll understand the importance of uh, phonics-based programs for reading. And we can teach children as young as two years old to read, and that's part of what we do in our schools. I also oversee what we have is a GCS apprenticeship program, where we also train people how to run Christian schools as well. And I've been running uh, schools and been managing schools for about 19 years now. I uh, started when I was uh, about 19 years old, working in Christian education, and uh, I'm 30, uh, 30, almost eight now, and I've uh, been doing that for quite a long time. Grace Community School as itself has been open since 1986, when the first Grace Community School location was opened uh, by Ellsworth McIntyre here in Naples, and of course has grown uh, exponentially to nine locations uh, from Naples, Bonita Springs, uh, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, and in Port Charlotte, all up in the southwest Florida area. And uh, we've had about 32 years now of success, and we are very profitable schools. We have a business model that works, and we are uh, distinctly Christian. As we were talking earlier, I've heard uh, Mr. Uh, Mark Restini and I heard Martin Celebrity talk about the importance of reconstructing things. Um, not just talking about them, but putting them into practice, about how we're going to actually put things to where they are uh, viable, uh, making alternatives that are Christian-based. And so our field is that, is uh, Christian education. And so that's basically about me, kind of a synopsis about what I'm all about. And uh, so I'll go ahead and go into now discussing more about preschools uh, and education itself. Uh, this whole conference that we're having today I've heard uh, Mark Resterney talking and Mr. Celebrity the importance of Christian education. We run schools, and we our school year just started, 
And on the sign outside of one of our schools, we uh, do different um, before and after care to the local schools in the area. There was a sign that said, the future is here. And it was on the sign of the school there. That's something that we want Christians to, to learn and to figure out and to be, become part of, is that the future is in education, especially with students. The things I'm going to be discussing today is mostly about Christian education, uh, but also mostly early Christian education and the importance of that and why that's important. Now, uh, Mark Restini was talking earlier uh, about worldview, and Martin Celebrady, he also touched on worldviews as well and the importance of them. But when we talk about worldviews, we're talking about how a person sees the world, their moral values, and when a person is developing uh, as a child, as an infant, uh, that is when their worldview is developing as well at the same time. They're developing their morals, they're developing how they see the world, and they're developing how the world is supposed to operate, how it's supposed to work. And that's why we stress early Christian education in particular, uh, which of course doesn't stop there, of course. It goes all the way up, as Martin Salbrady said, all the way up through adulthood. Um, but we do stress early Christian education for many reasons. Now, the people that get there first, they get to influence the child first. They get to influence society first. Uh, and that is something that we like to be part of and want to be part of. And we're trying to convince other people uh, the importance of that, getting there first, not just trying to combat all the bad education, uh, the bad moral teaching, the bad worldviews that are out there. And there is a place for that. Um, that's called the discipleship. The, the mandate to go out and disciple all the nations is part of that concept. Um, to go out to people who don't know the gospel, uh, they don't know the law of God, they don't have the standard, and we're teaching them something brand new. But then you have the concept of what happens next. What are these parents supposed to teach their children? Are we always supposed to be combating worldviews that are wrong? Or are we supposed to be instilling into people the correct view of morality, the correct view of the world, uh, the correct view of God at the beginning, so that we're not combating later on what's going to happen? Now, you can't see it, um, but here in my home, I actually have on the wall over here, because uh, we have 11 children, it's one of my favorite Bible verses. Uh, it's actually Psalms 123, uh, sorry, 127, 3 through 5. It says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath a quiver full of them. They shall be not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So it's no wonder, no surprise, that children are important, and they're important to the future. Uh, and that's why the sign that said, the future is here, was so uh, impactful to me, because People that are non-Christian, they get this idea. Um, we could sit here and cite different things. I don't want to spend time citing different people, um, but some people have cited the fact that uh, you won't come onto my side. Don't worry about that. Uh, your children are mine, and they are going to be on our side. See, the, the non-Christians have figured this out. Um, in fact, there's been a push, which most people may be here, uh, may not be familiar with if you're not familiar with education and early childhood education as we are. But there is a push not just for kindergarten through 12th grade, there's a push for universal college, but there's also a push for universal preschool now, uh, and even lower below that, all the way down into infancy. Uh, we have programs here in Southwest Florida. They're called uh, ELC programs, Early Learning Coalition programs, which seek to finance parents to put their children into state schools. Um, so they understand very quickly that they want children, all children, in state-run facilities. 
And the Christians, because they've not gotten into the realm of education, they've not gotten into specifically the realm of early childhood education, there is no alternative. There is no alternative for parents, and lots of parents have to work for various reasons, economic or otherwise. Uh, lots of people make wrong choices, the families are destroyed, and as the families are destroyed, there is no base. There are no grandparents to support uh, the, the parents. There are husbands and wives are split, so you have to have uh, somebody who's never been married before, so they have to go to work. Um, the morals of America have been eroded and have been destroyed to such an extent that the family structure is all but gone. And I was listening to Rushdurney as he was talking one time about the family structure, about religion and private property. And he said, if you want to destroy religion and private property, you first destroy the family. And the state of schools and the government have done a very good job at destroying the family. And because they've destroyed the families, they've also destroyed the fact that the family can actually do its function, which of course is to support their children and to educate their children. Uh, a big push is to get out there and to push homeschooling, and I think it's a very good thing. But a lot of people just can't do that. And it's done because of all the choices they've made. Uh, over the years, the worldview that they've had, and now they're paying the consequences for those worldviews. So these people are out of the home, these children are being placed somewhere, and there are no alternatives to humanistic status education. Now our schools, uh, being nine schools, are actually a powerhouse in this area. We have the best preschools out of any school in the area. We have the lowest rates of any school available. Every single child care facility in the entire area has higher prices than us. Uh, we have the best prices, the best facilities, the best staff, the best everything. Uh, and we're Christian, completely 100% Christian uh, school. Part of this as well, which I want to discuss briefly, um, is uh, somebody asked me one time why I think that uh, early childhood education is important. And I didn't think about it at the time, but it came back to me, the concept of the widows and the orphans. And God has a particular blessing for those people who assist widows and orphans, and also a particular curse for those that do not. Now, widows are those who have been abandoned for one reason or another by death or otherwise, uh, and orphans are those who have lost their parents for one reason or another. Um, and it's not just physical, it also is a spiritual level as well. And if you've seen the families come through the doors as we do every single day, um, like I said, over 200 children a day come through my doors. We get to see the broken families, we get to see the broken women that come through the doors, we get to see the broken children that come through the doors, uh, abuse on all sides of, of the women and of the children. And so part of what we do, I would definitely quantify it as early childhood education is specifically uh, a program developed to help these types of people who are vulnerable, uh, who need the most help. Um, the families who should be teaching their children about morality and how to live um, have abandoned them. And so we're stepping in as helping those parents and that's something also that people like the ideas, we're talking about ideas, and Chalcedon is absolutely wonderful, the materials are absolutely fantastic, um, but there is, we're supposed to move beyond the ideas, um, beyond the ideas into action, and that's where our school's Grace Community School has done, and I'm in a minute going to explain our, our programs here. Um, we have a, what's called a preschool in a box, um, and I'll get to that in a minute, but moving beyond the ideas uh, into practice and developing and servicing other people and helping other people. Uh, Christianity is not about ideas and knowing all the right things or being able to give the right answers, but taking those ideas and putting them into practice um, is what Reconstruction is all about. And we've taken the concept of education in particular and put that into practice. And we want to help other people be able to do that as well, because as I said before, we have a sustainable business model 
where the Christians can actually operate a school, not have to worry about the donations of other people because they are self-sustaining. Uh, at some point in time, um, people have to realize that there's a need, uh, even if other people don't see it. And those people that understand the need, those people that have the drive to do it, need to be able to self-support in order to get what needs to be done, done, even if they can't get other people to agree with them. And our business model that we have for our schools has done that. Um, it's very much a family-run Christian school model. Um, it can also be retrofitted for churches and things like that um, as well. But the primary goal is to have it run by a Christian family. Uh, to give you a good example of what I'm talking about, my wife and I uh, work side by side every day at school, and our 11 children are there at the school with us. So we're able to provide uh, financially for ourselves. Uh, husband and wife are able to work side by side. As we know, uh, if you have any biblical knowledge at all, um, that husband and wife, she's a helpmeet to him in his calling. Uh, and in this fact, the husband and wife are a team working side by side. And uh, the fact of working in education is, and seeing this family structure, you're presenting something to people that they don't get to see. Um, Mr. Uh, Mark Reston, was talking about the concept of the worldview. And so when a family, Christian families run a school, and their children are there, and they're seeing people who don't, one, they don't limit their childbirth, they work side by side, we get the question all the time, how can you guys work together all the time? Because they just don't get it. The, the normal worldview is that husbands and wives are fighting all the time. They don't get along and they could possibly never work together. But then they see Christians working side by side. They see the Christian children. They're not acting the same as their children or other people as well. And we get that a lot. And not only that, but also the children that are there. Um, the Christian family is a witness to something they never get to see. Um, just to give you a short story of what I'm talking about, about the differences between having a family or in Christian school, and showing children a new world, a completely different world than they're used to. Uh, we had one child recently, um, the mother of course was not married, had a boyfriend, uh, he was abusive, uh, and this child actually had to leave the home in the middle of the abuse and run to the neighbor's home because the mother was being abused by the boyfriend and she had to have the um, neighbors contact the authorities so that the abuse would stop. This is not what they get to see. They don't get to see a Christian family. They don't get to see what, when we talk about the materials that Chalcedon has, we talk about the Bible, uh, we talk about Christian ethics, with Christian values, worldviews. These kids, they, they have no idea what that is. They don't, that's not what they see. They don't, have, they don't go to churches. Uh, their families don't operate according to God's law. They don't teach God's law. They don't um, show forth or model God's law. So whenever kids can come into a location like ours, a school like ours, a Christian uh, school, uh, preschool in particular, that makes an immense impact. And it's not just simple book learning, but these families, many of them, we spend 10 to 12 years with the majority of the kids that are there. Now it varies, of course, based on a lot of them, but we become a very integral part of the family uh, for the, the fathers, the mothers, and the children in particular. And they'll come back years later to come see us, and they expect one thing. And this is something I think is very interesting and important for the worldview concept that you guys are talking about today, is that when those kids and those parents, even though the world is a very messed up place, when they come to Grace Community School, when they see Reverend Jeremy, they see Miss Abby, they see their kids, and they've been there for eight to 10 years, then eight to 10 years go by, they haven't seen us in eight to 10 more years. This kid might now be 20 years old. And recently we just had that, a 20 year old kid, an 18 year old kid came back to see us and there they were. There was Reverend Jeremy, there was Miss Abby, there were their kids, they were all there, and they expected to see us. That is presenting a worldview 
that no one gets to see. It's not like going to church uh, one day a week. These are people that you spend day in and day out with, five days a week at least, minimum. And these are people that you get to see their relationship, uh, living out a godly worldview in front of them, and you're presenting to them the gospel, not just in your education, because of course we do teach uh, distinctly Christian education at our school and Bible time and all the rest, but you, you live it out in front of them, and that's something that they will never get to see anywhere else. And attending a church or a revival meeting, I don't care what it is, they don't know these people. They don't get to see them, but every single day when they come, they get to see something they've never seen before. And so that's something that Christian preschools in particular um, get to do that no one else can do. Um, no one else can do that. Uh, and so our goals and our, our current thrust is just that. Now to move on, as we're discussing these things, um, we do have many things, as I've already said, our preschool in a box is one of the main things that we recently have. And we just recently partnered with Calcedon, and it should be up on their website soon as well, and I'm sure there'll be an announcement soon. Um, but we have made our preschool in a box uh, available to Calcedon as well, and we have it on our website. Our website is gcsapprenticeship.com. That's gcsapprenticeship.com. And we also should be soon available to Calcedon as well. What it is that we do with our preschool in a box, it's uh, all the things that you don't know. If you were interested, or you know somebody that's interested in Christian education, but you don't know where to start. Um, that's what this does. It takes away all the guesswork. Um, there's literally no part of running a school that we have not already developed over the last 32 years. When we have an operations manual, it's not like somebody is sitting down and saying, these are some ideas that we think would be good to implement. But we have nine locations that are profitable, more than you could think. Uh, and not only that, but sustainable. And I've been running my location in Bonita Springs for 19 years now with my wife and my children. Uh, it's a sustainable business model that more than uh, cares for my family's financial needs and everything like that. And it's something that, like I said, we've developed the operations manual that's just part of the preschool in a box, which takes everything out of it. It doesn't matter what it is as far as the operations manual is concerned. If it's practical advice, if it's about sales and how to uh, sell people, it's about advertising, public relations, uh, how to be a manager, how to operate a school. If you're going to be teaching uh, infants, if you're going to be doing and caring for them, if you're going to be doing uh, preschool level children, after school programs, it really doesn't matter what part of running a school actually is, but our operations manual handles everything in detail and we actually use it on a day-to-day -day basis to operate our nine locations. So it just takes away all the guesswork, everything that you could possibly think of, uh, and we already have it down in print and made it available to other people. Uh, we have no secrets to keep. We make it all available to everyone else, and this is why we were very happy that Calcedon was uh, so forthcoming in wanting to help us to promote this idea because we want to take the concept of Christian education and put that in the hands of other people and say, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Um, we already have a sustainable business model that works, and if you have the the desire or in the will to do this, we will help you uh, develop this idea for you because we already know how to do it. You don't have to go find somebody and try to figure out all the details yourself and spend 32 years. You can take all that experience and get it right now. Beyond that, we also have inside our preschool in a box is also our, our college can begin at two curriculum. And that basically is, if you were gonna look at uh, a school, the operations manual is how everything runs, uh, staff, management, public relations, bookkeeping, all the stuff in between. That's the how it runs. But then the next part is what do you have that you do, which is your curriculum. Um, what do you teach? 
Uh, what does your schedules look like? Um, what are your games? What are your activities? What does your reading program look like? Your math programs look like? All the stuff in between. And what we've done is we've taken all that and developed our own curriculum. And there's a lot of curriculums out there, a lot of very good curriculums out there. But one thing that we've always had in 32 years of business, we've always had to purchase other curriculums from other people. And if you know anything about it, uh, curriculums can be very expensive and you normally have to repeatedly purchase them because people are in the curriculum business. Um, they sell curriculums. But our schools developed our own because we didn't want to have to keep purchasing them from someone else. Once again, we're very self-sustaining. And if you're going to be self-sustaining, you have to do everything better. Spend less money, have a better product. And so our College Can Begin at Two curriculum is developed to where it's, um, it, you never have to purchase it. You can create your own materials. Uh, we have digital files, so you never have to purchase anything again. If you lose something, you just print it again and you have it for yourself. And so our College Can Begin at Two curriculum is an absolute full program. Um, if you want to see what it looks like in practice, look our school's website up, uh, gracecommunityschools.com, is an S at the end, .com. And you can also find us on the internet, on Facebook in particular, uh, look up Grace Community School. You should find us on there as well. And you'll get to see all the stuff we have on there, all the special days and events we have. Uh, we have a very big following on social media because our parents are so excited about our programs. And that's something we make available to other people as well. We also have, I mentioned earlier, our preschool reading program, which we also developed as well to teach phonics to very young children. And we're very good at teaching reading. Um, we also have not only the uh, flip books and things like that so that a teacher can just sit down on day one and just go ahead and, and teach reading the first day without having to work out the details. It doesn't matter if you've had teacher training or not. Uh, our programs are developed to the way a person with almost no experience can teach a child to read uh, from day one. Uh, we also have on there audio files as well, just in case you may not be caught up on phonetics or how to teach phonics. We have that covered. We've actually done all the audio ourselves, professional audio. And in about a week, we're going to be also finished with another thing we've also done, which are videos. Uh, and you can also take the videos and it will teach you how to teach reading and it'll also you can use it to also teach your students which is also something we've implemented in our schools um, so at the same time as you're training maybe a new teacher on how to teach reading your children also don't have a lapse because the teacher may not be as trained as they could be or should be and so the, 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 the program itself just kind of operates and continues to function and uh, from day one pretty much you can sit down uh, with our type of manuals and operations stuff and curriculum and phonics programs and, and you can start running a school. It's really that simple. And now it does take uh, expertise, it does take uh, commitment and I won't, I won't kid you at all, uh, running a school is something that does take commitment. But if a person has the desire to do so and they just lack the knowledge and how to do that, then that's what we're all about. Now our schools in particular uh, also have an apprenticeship program. There are people that we uh, bring here all the time which can come to our schools and can work with us should they desire and we have a many apprentices right now with us already and uh, I have a couple at my school already that I'm training as well personally and what happens with the apprenticeship program is they come um, we have a one two and three year program if they want to come and learn how to run a school we have free housing uh, for the people that come we do young men and women we also have uh, the ability to have families come as well um, there we have an interview process where you go through that, of course, to vet people, uh, to see their commitment. And then, of course, they not only have uh, free housing, not only do they get to apprentice underneath people like us who know exactly what we're doing and we can teach that to other people, but we also have uh, programs where they actually earn a college degree. They can earn a, a bachelor's and a master's degree, which is also completely free as well. They don't have to worry about that as well. 
and many other things about our apprenticeship program. So if, you're, if anyone is interested in that concept uh, in the apprenticeship program itself, you can go to our website, which is gcsapprenticeship.com, uh, uh, to learn more about that. You can email us, which is uh, gcsapprenticeship at gmail.com. That's our email. Uh, and you can also contact me via phone if you just wanted to. My phone number, I believe, is on there, but it's 239-234-2799. Now, all these concepts and all these things are very important, and our main goal is to help people. Um, if a person is interested in just seeing an operation, to see what it looks like, uh, we invite people to come and visit us. Uh, that's something we definitely encourage people to do. If you wanted to come down for a day and visit, we encourage people to come down and visit us just for a day to see what it looks like. If you want to come down and have somebody like a teacher or somebody who's thinking about running a school and get a sense of the operation, you can come down for a little bit longer and just visit with us. Uh, we also do consultations for people as well. Uh, that can be in person, that can be on phone or via email and things like that. But our basic goal is to help people get outside of the idea of theory and to get into the idea of actually doing something. Um, as I said before, um, the concept of Christian education, it takes work. Uh, it takes commitment. It takes somebody who wants to actually make a difference in people's lives. And I can tell you, I've been doing this for 19 years now, and you can see the, the differences in children almost right away whenever they come to your school. You can see the shaping of their worldviews when they come to your school. You can see the shaping of even the parents' worldviews as well. Now, one of the things that we get the question of is, well, who, who, do you, who do you serve? What kind of people come to your schools? What kind of people should a Christian school allow to come to their schools? Um, what kind of parents? What kind of students? Well, the easiest thing to think about is, well, who needs the gospel? Who needs to be helped? Who needs to be taught? And that's everybody. Uh, our schools don't have uh, an interview process, as some schools do that are, that are Christian schools, where they try to serve only... Uh, those are professing faith, only people who profess to be Christians and that kind of thing, and only allow those people to come to their schools. Uh, Grace Community School has an open-door policy for anybody who wants to come to their school. All who will may come to our locations and to our schools. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be Christian, you can be non-Christian. Uh, we've had many atheists come to our schools and up and down in between. Anything you can think of, we've had in our schools and out of our schools. And if a person is willing to bring their children to us, then we're willing to teach them. And as long as they're willing to have us knowingly and openly giving a Christian education to these people, then we have no problems whatsoever. Uh, we very rarely ever have a person who comes to our schools and says, oh, you guys are Christian? You guys are teaching the Bible? Well, I don't want that. Uh, we've really never had that. We've had a couple people who've come in and said, well, I don't, I don't believe any of that stuff, and I don't want you teaching to my kids. I, and I, we've invited them. We said, well, if you, if you feel offended, it's not a problem. Come into our school and sit down, watch our Bible times, see what kind of instruction that we're giving. Uh, in our Bible times, you can go to our website, gracecommunityschools.com, and you can see what we do if you click on Bible instruction, I think it's school info and Bible instruction. You can see the things that we do, but our Bible times are short. We have two Bible times a day. Uh, we teach simple things uh, as far as what we would consider to be simple things. Uh, we go through the 23rd Psalm. We do pledges to like the Bible the Christian flag, the American flag. We do things like Bible stories. Uh, we were mentioning, I saw, heard Mr. Celebrity going through many different Bible concepts and Bible stories as he was making analogies. And that's exactly what we do. We teach Bible stories to children. Um, but it's not the VeggieTales version of uh, Bible stories. We actually take the Bible, 
We actually teach uh, the stories from the Bible itself. We don't leave anything out. Um, and it's a complete comprehensive Christian education. But on top of that, uh, we mentioned as well God's law. Uh, Mark Resterney and Mr. Celebrity were mentioning that as well, is what is the standard? And the standard is God's law. And we have to give these children, if you're going to give them a worldview, if you're going to give adults a worldview, if you're going to give children a worldview, then you have to have a base. And the base starts with who is in charge? Who gets to make the rules? That's number one. We ask that of children, actually, who gets to make the rules? Uh, and that's one of the basic concepts we teach at Bible time. So when we're teaching Bible, we also go through the Ten Commandments. But we don't do basic recitation. You may have seen people do basic recitation. And there's nothing wrong with recitation because we do recitations as well. But you also have to have explanation with application. If you don't have uh, explanation with an application, then the children don't really understand what they're learning. They don't understand, thou shalt not uh, commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, or any of the Ten Commandments. They won't properly understand them unless you actually give an application with the commandment. And so we do that as well with stories. We tell short stories for them that are on their level. And you'd be amazed at uh, how much I talk to people, in particular apprentices and things like that, that come to see me. We uh, teach them how to teach Bible and things like that, in particular the men. And what happens is I sit down with somebody and I start going over the commandments with them. And I ask them, what does this commandment mean? And they really don't know. They have a surface knowledge at best of the commandment, but they're not actually able to teach it. They can recite it back, but that's not actually going to teach a child how to apply it. And when you're talking to adults, it's different than when you're talking to children. And so if we're going to create that world view, if we're going to uh, get in there first, then you actually have to be able to do it. And it's actually more complicated than people think about teaching big concepts like Restrini's Institutes of Biblical Law. Taking that tome, absolutely wonderful book, it's actually my favorite book that he's, that he's ever written, but taking that book and making it condensed down to where a child can understand it, that's something different. That's something that we do, and we also teach people how to do that as well. So that's something that is part of our school, it's part of our instruction. But as I was mentioning before, the parent who came in who had a problem with it came in and sat down and listened to the Bible time that we had. And uh, after I was done, the man was a professing atheist, but after we were done teaching Bible, I heard everything that I had to say and everything I was teaching to the children. Afterwards, I sat him down and I said, well, do you still have a problem uh, with your child being in Bible time? Do you still have a problem with the school? Um, and at the time, I was teaching about honoring father and mother. And the guy looked at me and says, well, I, I don't have a problem with that, so I don't, I don't think it'll be a problem. See, people think that... Um, just because somebody's a professing atheist, they think that just because somebody's made some very bad choices, they don't attend church and otherwise, um, that somehow they're always at war uh, with God. And, and they are, but they are conflicted. The reason why they're conflicted, as we've already learned, is because they have the commandments written on their heart. And so the open door for us is that parents, having made so many bad choices, and we see them on a daily basis, they're not proud of their choices. It doesn't matter if they're Christian or not. They can see their lives, and their lives are falling apart left and right. They know they're falling apart. And I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've made a lot of bad choices in my life, but I want something better for my children. And so they're willing to bring their children to someone who's going to teach them a different outlook, a different worldview, if you will. And that's what we teach their children. And they will come back to us and they will say thank you every time. It doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to convert the parent. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to get them to attend our church or something like that. But it will do is that we're giving the children and the parents something that they need. 
and we are ministering to them and filling that need of giving their children a moral foundation. We're giving them that moral education that they're not getting at home. And the parents, they themselves know that they're not going to follow it. And they also know that they're not going to show it. But what they do want is they want something better for their children. And even if they won't accept it themselves, they won't necessarily do it. They want their children to still learn the things that we're teaching them. They want them to learn about God. They want them to learn about God's commandments because they do want something better for their children. Their lives are falling apart, but they don't want their children's lives to mimic their own. So it really is an open door. And it's something I think Christians need to be able to be aware of. They need to be uh, understanding that the Christian door that's open at the preschool level um, is something that is uh, fiercely um, combative as well. So we've had state inspectors come into our schools for years um, because if you're gonna operate a school, uh, you can't have no government intervention of any sorts, but we've dealt with uh, inspectors and otherwise for years. And uh, we had some inspectors sit us down, me in particular, and say, you know, Jeremy, not all these people are going to be Christians and uh, they're not all going to attend church. And so we think that Bible is inappropriate for children. We think that the Ten Commandments are inappropriate for children. Um, see, as Christians, we may not understand sometimes that there's a war going on, um, but our, the other people do understand that. The non-Christians get that, especially those that are involved in state education and the inspectors in, in particular. Um, so even if the parents themselves may not be uh, on a, a conscious level knowing about this war that's going on, uh, the state inspectors do. Government education or status humanistic education understands the war, and so do we. And uh, I remember telling the person, I said, well, you might find it inappropriate, but uh, all of our parents are paying customers and because they're paying customers, they're free to come to our schools or leave our schools at any point in time. And so I'm, I'm aware that you don't think Bible is appropriate, but all of our parents do, and they do have the right to choose that if they wish. At that point, the inspector kind of stopped talking and kind of left me alone at that point. But there is a war going on. We want to help uh, other people like ourselves uh, to start schools. We want to inspire them to do that. If we can help you, that's what we want to do. Our preschool in a box is something that has developed 32 years in the making, like I said, and it operates our nine locations at our schools right now. It's what we do day in and day out. It's everything we use. Um, we also, of course, like I said, we have an apprenticeship program. If you have somebody, you know, your children, yourself, your family, or whatever, and you want to get started, but you're going, even if I get these materials, I may not know how to use them. That's also true. Like I said, it takes experience to be able to actually run a school because it is running a full or business operation. It's not something simple. Anybody who tells you that running a school is simple just doesn't know what they're talking about. It does take a lot of effort and a lot of energy. And so we're trying to help people. So if anybody's interested in that type of idea, apprenticeship with us, direct teaching from us, we will do that. And we will help you do that as well. If you just want consultation, you say, hey, I wanna run a school. I'm interested in your materials. Uh, I can't apprentice, but I would like you to be able to talk to you. I'd like to ask questions. We're definitely open to that. We'd be glad to help you any way that we can uh, as far as uh, consulting you and things like that. Now, this presentation is, uh, like I said, only 30 minutes, so I'm going to be closing up here. Um, hopefully, I've uh, given you guys some things to think about. That's what we're hoping to do. Uh, we want to thank Calcedon for inviting us to this venue. Uh, our schools have been uh, huge proponents of the Calcedon Foundation, and we're continually trying to promote others to support Calcedon and to help them in their efforts as well. And uh, so, uh, Mr. Celebrady, just last thing I want to say before we, we're done, mentioned uh, about people being off the platform. 
And we're also starting something as well, which to hopefully promote Rush Dooney and the Chalcedon Foundation, and that is uh, rushdooneyradio.org. If you're not interested, if you haven't heard of that, look into it uh, as well. But if you want to contact us, uh, gcsapprenticeship.com or gcsapprenticeship at gmail.com is our email. Thank you.